0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more
1: shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy, and this is my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I hang out with my friends, and we talk about their lives, their music, their project, and we drink some great craft beers. And then I share that conversation with all of you. I hope that you had a great week. I had a great week in one week. I am in Asia for the very first time on an extensive tour. of The Laws of the Flesh 2019 starts on July 5th in Singapore. Get your tickets for that. It's going to be fucking crazy. You don't want to miss this. If you are uh, if you live out there, if you're on vacation out there and you want to come see a show, hit me up. Bring me some great craft beer. You can come to the show for free. Check it all out. It's on the Cryptopsy website, cryptopsy.ca in the show section. Check it out. Get your tickets. You don't want to miss The Laws of the Flesh 2019. Also in that section, you can see the dates that we added earlier this month, the Origin Tour in Latin America, which is going to be happening next November. Uh, Today, a great, great CD came out. My friends in the convalescence dropped their new CD, Monuments of Misery. You guys should check it out. Get that CD. It's pretty fucking dope. It was recorded at The Grid, Cryptopsy's guitarist, Christian Donaldson's studio, and uh, on one of the tracks, The Return. I have a feature on it, so you should check it out. The Convalescence Monuments of Misery, out today. Today on the podcast, I have uh, a local Canadian metalhead who is uh, very involved in the metal scene. He is prominent on the YouTube channel Banger TV, and he is the metal editor at Exclaim. Today on the podcast, I'm with Bradley Zor-Drager. Let's check it all out. Here it is, Vox and Hops, episode number 39. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. What's up, everybody? Today I'm with Bradley Zordrager from Banger TV fame, as well as Exclaim. Yes, sir. Hello. How are you doing, man? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very happy that you came out and... uh, Came to hang out with me.
0: We uh reversed roles. Last time I saw you, I interviewed you guys. Did you? Yeah, hard luck. Outside. Hard luck yes. outside yeah. yes, you and that was Flo. You. Yeah. Oh,
1: It's funny how everything just blends together after yeah. a while. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out on the road, uh, hell over North America. Tonight is the last show at Lee's Palace in Toronto. Uh it's been a good tour. I'm stoked. Uh you are personally disappointed that Benighted is not there.
0: Yeah, I really do like that man. but I fortunately did see there. I think it was their. I can't remember if it was their first Canadian show ever, or just their first Toronto show ever. It was definitely first Toronto, but I can't remember if it was the first show of tour. But either way, I've seen them before. It would have been cool to see them again, but I think the closest date that they were on was like four hours away and on a weekday, and I was just like, I can't, I can't swing it, unfortunately.
1: Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. they are the nicest dudes. Yeah, they are just like a, a bubble of positivity. And they were, like, just totally taking advantage and, like, leaving super early to go sightseeing. That's uh, sick. Complete opposite of us. The, uh, <laughs> there was that bullshit interview that they had done.
0: Do you see that? No, I didn't, know. There was uh, this this guy, I forget what his name is, but he kind of, like, he asked, like, really, like, edgelord questions, and he did all this, like, weird
1: questions... And- Yes, 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 yes. And Julian did tell me about it. He's like, watch out. It was in Texas or something in Dallas. Yeah, yeah, it was Dallas. Yeah, because yeah, I was talking to the publicist afterwards and she
0: mentioned, I was like, where is this guy? Like, this is fucked up. at yeah, uh, like the Gas Monkey. I remember now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like not, like, if if, if, if you ask weird questions and they t- ask you to take it down, like, you should be respectful if, like, you you know you're pushing the boundaries. You know, if a band asked me to take an interview down and it was like a very normal interview, I would be like... Well, why? You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't immediately do it, but if you know that you're pushing the boundaries and you might make people uncomfortable, like, just take it down.
1: Or if there's, like, a question out uh, the, 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 a part of the interview that you don't know, like, you can just edit it out. Yeah exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. Has, if, like, has we, that happened to you? Have you done an interview, posted it, and then a band comes back at you? That happened for one of my writers, not for myself. I'm trying to think if it's happened
0: for myself. I don't think it has. Um, there's been some weird interviews before where like it was an email interview and the band refused to answer a bunch of my questions. So the publicist was like, I'm sorry they're being difficult. Can you send me some more? So I sent some more then they were like, okay, they they won't answer these two out of those. And I'm like, just whatever. And then they gave me the answers and they were like, I asked who I could attribute them to, and they said the band prefers to be referred to as a collective. I'm like, oh, okay, man. Like, it's a black metal band.
1: It is. That's my guess. It for is. Sure. It is. Uh, let's give people a rundown of what you do. Who is Bradley? What did you do in your life? How did you get to where you are? Cool. Uh, okay, so I'm the
0: metal and hardcore editor at Exclaim, where I also run the Aggressive Tendencies and No Future YouTube channels, um, and then I work with our our advertisers. That's like the majority of my income. Like that's like most of my day-to-day stuff. Uh, And then I do album reviews for Banger TV. And I was the first person to get added to that beyond Sam Dunn, who it's his company. Um, And for those who don't know Banger TV, uh, it's Banger Films. The people who made Metalhead, Banger's Journey, Global Metal, Iron Maiden, Flight 666, et cetera, et cetera. They made plenty of films, which I liked as a child. So it was pretty cool to uh, work for them now um as far as where, how i got here i'll do a, do this really quick there's a, there's like a there's an interview that i did online where it's got like the entire like i typed out the entire thing but i'll give you the cliff's note version because nobody wants to hear me talk for 15 minutes about this i went to school for journalism we had to do a interview about like a careers in journalism class we had to do an interview about some with somebody whose career we would want uh i interviewed the metal editor of exclaim which now i i am now um and then at the end, I asked him if I could send him some of my writing. I didn't think he would ask me to write for them. I was maybe hoping for some like tips, like stop using so many commas, whatever. Mm-hmm. He said, do you want to write for us? I said, sure. Started there. Eventually interned at Exclaim. As I was interning, one of the guys who was working was stepping out. I had been helping him with his role. They asked me to do it part-time. Did it part-time, then started doing it more or less full-time, but I toured sometimes. Then eventually stopped touring as much and started doing it full-time. Banger. At some point, I, I appeared on our show uh, Lockhorns, which oh, is like a yeah, live, yeah, yeah, live stream yeah. debate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I did the Deathcore Lockhorns, and uh, that's kind of, I guess, like the unofficial um, tryout for, for the reviews. You do that, and they see how you perform on camera and how knowledgeable you are, and I guess they thought I was good enough, so I eventually came out and tried to, to do an actual review, which was for Serpentine Dominion, that Corpse Grinder, Black Dahlia D. Murder, Adam D band. Uh Which never got published. That was just a trial, and it was good enough. And that's years ago. I've probably done 50, 60 reviews since then.
1: That's insane.
0: Uh, People sometimes recognize me in various cities when I'm going to shows, which is flattering that people
1: give a shit that much. So, I think think it has a lot of pull, Banger TV. I I definitely watch a lot of the reviews.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've had um, publicists from from metal labels tell me that to them... um, a banger review is more beneficial than like an online <laughs> review, and <laughs> like a say like a not to throw anybody under the bus or anything. But I think that the example that they used was like a stereo gum or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And but I mean, stereo gum I think is not as much a metal publication, so it's like I think decibel, you know, decibel a decibel review is put, like potentially probably more beneficial for a band. But like bangers up there, which was really cool to hear that from the side of the company who's trying to sell albums and they, because they notice, they they actually know, like if they get a review. If they can actually an
1: impact. Exactly. So that was cool. You mentioned that you toured. Yes. Does that mean you were a musician?
0: Uh, I was tour managing pop punk bands.
1: Top pop punk bands. Yes. How did Uh, did that come about?
0: So in the past, I'd done merch for a band called Northlane. Like I know a metalcore, yeah, yeah. gente metalcore band, um, more prog metal now. Uh, did merch for them. I toured. A f- I did a few tours with Old Wounds and Exalt. Um, the Old Wounds connection was just like I interviewed them and I liked them, and we just kept talking. And then eventually they were like, "We're coming to Canada finally." And I said, "I said, okay, dude, that's that's sick. Like, I'm gonna try to come to as many shows as I can." and They just said, "Dude, just come out with us." And Exalt was on the tour too. And I've known them since I was younger because they they're from Kitchener, where I'm from. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then eventually there's a band from toronto called like pacific a pop punk band they're on pure noise records they uh i've known them been acquaintances with them for five six years like a long time at this point point. and what, l- l- verbatim this is what i said i said to their bassist bring me on tour you fuck <laughs> like straight up that's what i said i looked back and saw the message later to make sure that's what i said and it was uh and he said wait you can drive right and i was like yeah because the i guess the, they didn't have a somebody else who could drive the guy who was like doing merch for them and stuff. And so I was like, I I was like, yeah, I can drive and I can also tour manage like had never done it before, but I'm like, Hey, I mean, I like spreadsheets and I'm an organized guy and I think I can figure it out. So I did. And I did that for, we did a few tours. Uh, then I quit when we were going to do warp tour. I just was not, feeling intense.
1: It's so long, so many bands.
0: And I was making homie rates, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't getting like, like a full, full payday. Uh, and for that amount of work and like, I was in like just kind of a weird dark place in my life, um, at the time. So it just, it just wasn't right. It turned out great that uh, that happened. I came back. Uh, one of the, the first thing I did when I left was actually, I I went out to, uh, the rock pile out in West Toronto, Etobicoke. We were talking about it earlier. Shout out to Steve. Yes. Shout out to Steve. Um, (laughs) saw barrier dead there um you know it was really good to pull me out of like my funk because i felt really bad about not being on tour and like whatever it was the first time actually that i saw my friend drunk he'd been straight edge for a long time and he shoved me up to the front i don't mosh or anything but he shoved me up and they captured i got captured in a picture and it's on the back of a barrier dead hoodie now really yeah that's so cool. i don't own it yet i've been talking to chris and as soon as they reprint it he's gonna let me know so i can order one and then uh Shortly thereafter, I saw Metallica play the Opera House in Toronto.
1: That was I, I saw that happen. That that wasn't there, but I saw that it was. I had some friends over there.
0: Insane and like for those who don't know, Opera House is like eight fifty, nine fifty cap venue or something like that. Like I think it's twelve hundred. No, 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 it's but, not because uh, Phoenix is like thirteen. Okay, and Opera House isn't quite as big. It's it's like. Just, I think just sub 1,000. Maybe it's 12 if they open the balcony. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Maybe. Um, either way, it's the smallest concert Metallica has ever played in Toronto. Ever. Even like the first time they came here. Uh, so I got to go that. I got to interview uh, Rob, which was really cool. And then I started doing the banger stuff. And I, if I had been on tour, all, that, all those cool things wouldn't have
1: happened. So, hey. hey life, life has a path and things happen for a reason. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Let's talk about, about uh, beer. Beer. Vox and Hops is all about beer. I hit you up to come and do this interview and you said, well, we can do it, but I don't drink beer. So let's talk about that.
0: Yeah. Um, I've never drank beer. I've never had a sip of beer. Wow. I've never had a sip of alcohol at all. Really? In general. Uh, the closest I got was one time when I was, you know, 12 or whatever. My mom asked me if I wanted to try wine. Uh, and I was like, uh, sure. So I like put it in my mouth. I was like, oh, <laughs> and I like, spit it out. Uh, was not a fan. And, uh never started. I was raised uh Christian and so you know it was like you know getting drunk was not at the top of my family's priority list uh and then probably around that time I was over the Christianity thing 1213 whatever and the Maybe, metal came. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh was kind of running out of excuses to tell my friends I didn't want to drink or smoke weed or whatever with them. Um and then straight edge was cool for about six months throwdown was like the big band of mm-hmm, the day mm-hmm. uh so i was like no nah, fuck fuck you like I, okay sorry sorry to go back i was a very shy kid so i needed the excuses like i had to be like oh, i can't go You and
1: just stand up for yourself exactly
0: at that point. Yeah. i couldn't just be like no i'm not going i would had to be like i gotta go to my grandma's guys i'm sorry uh but then straight edge gave me like like i was like no fuck you i'm straight edge which like in retrospect, is like a stupid way to be straight edge, but like, hey, it got me through the, the time when I was too shy to just say no, just to say yeah, no. Yeah, because,
1: you know, peer pressure can be yeah. pretty heavy.
0: Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I've never tried beer. Uh, we've got ginger
1: beer here. You did, yes. You got the Great Jamaican Ginger Beer Company, and this is the Spicy Ginger Beer. I, we Let's see what it got. Let's, yes. Let's taste it. You got to cheers for Oh, shit, my bad. It smells sweet. <laughs> it's got a little... Uh, spice to it They're not too much
0: a nice kick and I'm not I, I don't sweet. like spice like if I had to do hot ones I would die I like that show yeah. I love yeah. that show yeah. but if I had to do it I would die because I can't yeah. do spicy so the fact that I can do this suggests that it's the appropriate level of spice <laughs> right no,
1: I, I like spicy but I try to avoid it on tour because uh, you can't always get to a toilet when you want to <laughs>
0: or you can, but it's not a nice toilet. Oh, I, I that
1: doesn't bother me. No. Uh, I'll, I'll survive. Fair, if fair enough. If I gotta go, I gotta go. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, let's talk about your interviewing. You, uh, throughout your career, you've interviewed a lot of people. How have you grown as an interviewer? I'd say the one thing that I've done is I just do like obnoxious
0: amounts of research at this point, um, both from wanting to do the best interview and also having a lot of like friends and acquaintances in bands and touring and, and, and knowing how terrible it is to just get that stupid, well, what are your influences and what's yeah, your band? Yeah. Name? Like anything you can Google, like, why would you ask that? Unless I, I mean, there is an exception, uh, you know, for example, like a, like a podcast like this or a video, if you need that to frame something for that, mm-hmm. you'd be like, I get it. I know, I know you've answered this a thousand times, but like for the context of this arc, it would be helpful to have, but generally I do a lot of interviews, a lot of research. I do a lot of interviews too. Um, which generally you know uh, turns out quite well Thomas from at the gates at the end of an interview once was just I just like anything else you want to say like the floor is yours and just, as you kind of tend to end interviews like that um, and he said uh no like thank you so much this is one of uh, the the best interviews i've I've ever done like you did your research and like it was it was great so that was awesome and then on the other hand one time I interviewed a bot um, and it's online on my aggressive tendencies YouTube channel and it was definitely one of the strangest conversations i've had in my life
1: i've heard he's actually like that from people that have toured with him and been in the band with him yeah he's always on like that yeah yeah
0: the yeah i i've heard uh, stories as well nice guy but definitely like like ups ups and downs kind of thing um and yeah like at one point he was like are these the are these all the best questions you have like uh, like uh." and then like a minute later he was like he leaned forward and he goes maybe the problem is your questions are too good for right now. <laughs> and I think that's what happened. I think, like, I think I was asking him about the mask that King of Hell from his band was wearing and mm-hmm. the, his girlfriend designed that. And I think I asked him about that and, you know, he didn't want to divulge that much. Yeah. Like I knew about, I I don't know where I pulled that out, but he was like, whoa. And I I think that's what it is. So sometimes it does catch people off guard. And Mm -hmm. if they're not in the mood, you know, sometimes if people, if you catch people off guard, they give you a great answer and they're, they're excited. Like you did your research, but in that case he was like, whoa, um, but that interview is hilarious were you at my house yes yes yeah i went to norway um but yeah generally that's i'd say that's how i've grown the most is just like obsessively doing research like listening to every podcast every youtube interview like reading everything that i can um that's intense i'm impressed why not do why not do the best that i can you know that's Um, really good so yeah i'd say that's how i've grown the most and the other way i've grown the most is i've become less confident in
1: myself which is funny how that works which is going to be my next question because you said you're so shy as a kid and now you're in complete control of interviews which is like just pure confidence
0: yeah yeah no i mean like and i think this is i forget there's a there's a term for this that like the more you know like the less you feel like you know people who feel like they know everything usually don't know that much but they act like they know everything yes yeah um And I think that's what it is. Like the more interviews I do, like the more reviews I do, the more I just know that there's just so much stuff out there. And it's like, I just like, I just feel like I know that I'm good at what I do because I wouldn't have my jobs if I wasn't. But like, I always feel like I can do better. And I, which is probably a good thing, right? It is a good thing.
1: It's it's exactly like, you know, being in a band and... Me and on stage, just always wanting to be a better screamer, and every album getting a little bit better, and never satisfied. My goal was to play whackin', and when I was a kid, I played whackin'. Now I want to play whackin' on the big stage. It's just that we're hungry, which yeah. is a good thing.
0: And if you're and if you're not, like, what are you doing? Just go, go find something else to do. Seriously, yeah. you know, like, unless you're making absurd amounts of money to do nothing, in which case, keep doing what you're doing and live the dream on the side. <laughs> but, <laughs> but none of us are doing this for money.
1: No, no, operating passion,
0: in, passion. operating in like extreme. Music, yeah, yeah. Both on <laughs> the stage and in terms of journalism, which is, you know, one of my editors once said it's the, we're at the intersection of two dying industries, the music industry and the print journalism industry. It's true. And that's true. that's where we're at. So it's like, yeah, this is never. Does, ex-
1: does Exclaim still print?
0: Yes. Yeah. We are Canada's only music magazine still in print and available nationwide. Wow. There are regionals. Uh, beat route comes to mind from out out West. Um, and you know, there are like magazines like, uh, brave words, which is an online exclusive now. Um, that used to be a big thing. Brave words. I used to, dude, I, I found a bunch just down the street here at BMV for two bucks a pop. And I just, I just bought them and I just like have been enjoying going back through them. And I've actually been, um, asking tim from brave words i'm like dude like you should just print books of all the old issues like, oh yeah
1: that'd be super cool like a nostalgia thing
0: yeah like a year at a time or whatever yeah. like i was he like you could even
1: do like a crowdfund thing yeah like yeah. i would
0: i would do yeah. that yeah. like i just love old interviews and like contexts like that you'll never get like i've i've in reading these i've read some stuff about like you know side projects that a band was starting with some other band that never materialized mm-hmm. i'm like what like I want to talk to them about that. And eventually I think I will, you know, go back and I have notes of the, of this somewhere. I just basically read old magazines and pull out stuff that I find is interesting. Um, And then eventually I'm going to want to go back and, and ask about it, you know, or like there was a, there was an interview with kill switch engage in alternative press. When the end of heartache came out, Uh, it was like a review with an interview attached. And they said that the riff from the end of heartache was a ringtone that they jacked from their tour manager his his phone new phone that he had got before they were on Ozfest and was ringing incessantly. Um, so I was lo- so I started looking for popular ringtones from around that time from the major cell phone companies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I found one that kind of resembles it. So someday I kind of want to like get those guys and just be like, hey. Is this the, is this the ringtone or maybe they were just making a joke, but I took it seriously enough to try to go find to go it. Do the, do the hunt. Yeah. So I found, I found one. Um, I hope I have it saved somewhere. I'm going to have to do the hunt again, but, but yeah, doing stuff like that is cool. You know yeah, It's I mean? good. It's
1: very intense. Um, <laughs> cause it's all the not drinking. Yeah. All the time I spent hunting, hunting and trying to find beer. Yeah. <laughs> and tasting beers you put into your research. Or being hung over. Do you get hung over? I do, but I tend to dance around it pretty well. Nice. Yeah, yeah. But it is a detriment to, to the next day's productivity. Right. When it does happen, for sure. Yeah. I'm I got just, two little kids, so at home I have to be sharp when I wake up. Fair, yeah. fair. How old are your kids? <laughs> I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. Oh, wow. Yeah, Very yeah. young. Let's talk about when you do reviews. Yes. Uh, how do you go about your, your thought process of that? Did you ever think that you would do that? I mean, dude, like, I always... You know, to the point where, like, your opinion is actually important?
0: I mean, that's 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 the thing. It's like, I don't feel that my opinion necessarily is important um, any more than anybody else's. Uh, I think, you know, a company who has some pull thinks that I'm, I know enough to be there, but I don't put my voice above anybody else's. I think I treat reviews when I consume them uh, mostly as entertainment um, because we live in a... We live in a day and age where you can just go on Spotify and look it up. You know, back in the day, I think reviews mattered a bit more because if you wanted to go listen to it, you had to get on the bus, go to the mall, ask them to open it, put it put in a the player. Yeah, yeah. And then there was a guy behind you like really wanting to listen like the new Tool album and like tapping on the shoulder because he wants his turn. Um, so it was a whole thing. So there was, I think, a little bit more value to that especially for the underground stuff where you might not even be able to go to the store and pick it up right because they didn't have it they'd have to order it in and then you'd have to listen to it and then if you didn't want it you'd look like a jackass <laughs> um whereas now you can just pull it up online um so i view reviews more as as entertainment um and also just to hear other points of views i i think i've you know i've had people tell me that they hadn't Heard an album the same way until they heard my take on it, and then it kind of changed, changed how they heard it. Not the same thing has happened to me. Like, you know, somebody hears a different nuance or explains why this part hits hard for them, and I'm like, oh yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that. Um, so that's what I think it is. I think, you know, reviews are entertainment. I love to watch and hear and read and whatever reviews of albums that I already know. Who would be
1: like your top reviewer that when you started doing reviews, you looked at him as like a mentor? I don't know if I have one, honestly. Like, it was like, Collectively just every
0: magazine like I wasn't and I think that's one thing that's changed a lot in the My switch from print to video is that I wasn't really looking at the names. I was reading the publications You okay. know, I was reading, you know, the first You know exclaim was number one for me I saw it for free at like the beat goes on used CD store and it you know had like or propaganda mentioned on the cover. So I was like, okay, cool I'm gonna pick this up um, and then the first one that I bought I believe was an alternative press um I forget what was on the cover, like I think it was Good Charlotte on the cover with some like other like punk adjacent band names. And I'm like, okay, this sounds like this I didn't know there were magazines that were about, you know music that I like. Music in that realm, yeah. right? Um exactly. So I bought that and then, you know, Revolver and then Decibel, and then when my dad would go on work trips in the UK, he would bring home a metal hammer for me. Uh, and it wasn't really about a specific reviewer at the time. It was just about anything that I could consume that would tell me about a band that I might not have heard about, and I would be like, "Whoa!" There was another cool thing. Uh, there used to be that a- amp magazine. I think American Music Press. It was uh, yes, uh, yes, I it was like a newsprint too, yeah. magazine. You yes. know, the cover was glossy, but the, it was all newsprint inside. And the one that I got had a Sevenfold fold on the cover. It was two bucks, and it came with two sampler CDs. And I learned about Black Dahlia Murder light this city and as i lay dying from that really and there was a band called
1: it's like an, an age that's just gone yeah especially with the internet it's just so easy there's like an oversaturation of too many bands too many fake bands people that can't even play anymore yeah it's 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 like a dying era yeah yeah the tape trading days are gone these, these sampler CDs are gone.
0: Samplers are great. I was talking about that with my friend earlier. You'd go to the show and then as you were leaving, people would just be handing samplers out and maybe you'd find a band you love on that. Like, yeah. Or like Victory Records always putting a DVD in like like a bonus DVD of their music videos and their things. like
1: Which is smart too. It's though. smart, yeah, yeah. It's
0: just a good move. Like what's yeah. what's it cost them to print that, you know? like An extra dollar per. Yeah. And like there's eight bands on there. What if you like even two of them and then you go buy the CDs? They just, exactly. they just made their money back like like 190%,
1: you know. Exactly. Almost twice as or almost three times. You mentioned Tool. I'm a big Tool fan. I've been waiting as everyone has. I don't know what to expect. I hope I'm going to like it. Do you think you're going to like it? I don't know if you're a Tool fan. I'm not a Tool fan. Okay. Um and this is something that happened
0: on Banger actually. We did a rewind for 2001 where we people vote on the albums to review. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and, you know, and I had to review Tool and I just don't get it. I don't. I gave it a chance. I listened as I do. What happened
1: was that? That was a... Uh, Lateralis. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, I, t- to be fair, I did like the stuff that, I, that I'd that listened to from before that more. Um, that one just felt a little bit less energetic, more like we're intellectual. Um, so anyway, so I reviewed it and I was like, I was lukewarm on it. I gave it a chance. It's not like I listened to it once and said, fuck this. I, you know, when I start doing reviews the way I usually do it is I'm, I'm working at my job and I'm listening to the album on repeat. And then when stuff jumps out to me, I make a note of it, whether that's good or bad. Cause if, if it is enough to get me to like, stop, like stop, like just like kind of mindlessly do my job or whatever and go like, what was that either good or bad? Chances are, it's going to be worth talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how I start. How many times have you listen to an album before roughly? Oh, probably do that. Like, six times or something oh, really? like, through like as like a passive listen just because i'm i just kind of do it throughout the day and then i pause it when i have to take a phone call and then i hang up the phone and i forget to turn the music back on and then 20 minutes later i'm like oh shit and then i press play uh but yeah i go through it quite a few times and then eventually uh i'll, I'll do my dedicated listens because there are some nuances that you will not hear if you're just passively listening so i will um i listened quite a few times i mean it's funny, like you you have to listen less when it's a band that you're intimately familiar with because you know you know the band and like right off the bat, whereas like when it's a band you're not maybe not as familiar with, you want to go back and do your do get, listen to their most recent stuff, maybe their earliest stuff, see like the what the trajectory is, and then listen to it a whole lot more, whereas like when it's a band like Black Dolly Murder or something you know what I mean, who've been like omnipresent in my life for like at least half of it
1: since that sampler
0: exactly yeah. um. It's like it's like a new album comes out and it's just like, I I do go back and listen to previous stuff, but like, just as a refresher, not as like a because I know it, I just like intimately know
1: it. Um, How about like you've done so many reviews? You said you, know, you did fifty to sixty reviews. Has an album grown on you that you disliked earlier on? Say so you gave it a bad review. If you re-listen to it now, have there been like a like a, a secret creeping up love affair? Um. Or do you stay true to your opinion? Generally, I'd say my opinion wouldn't be
0: like a, like it doesn't do like a big swing, uh, maybe up or down a tiny bit. Um, so, for example, when the f- first at, at the Gates album came back, when they came back at War with Reality, great album, I gave it a perfect score, and I think I was just like overly excited as of that, as they, of, that
1: they were back, yeah. And
0: it's great, and I think it is really cool, like that they didn't just write, you know,
1: slaughter s- the soul, part still two. slaughtering the, s- yeah. the soul.
0: Um, and, then, and I think I wrote that in my review um, but you know there's like a lot of like these like dreary like melancholy riffs even more so because people say that there's like melancholy and mellow death and there is but like it was more an aggressive sadness whereas this felt like weeping mm-hmm. um, on this album and I thought that it was really cool but you know was it a perfect album I don't know I've I've never uh, aside of aside from that I've never given out a perfect score except for when we do our rewind reviews and like we're reviewing Meshuggah's Bleed 10 years later, and I'm like... It's still perfect. Yeah, like, yeah. look at what that's done. You know, cause sometimes you need that perspective mm-hmm. to be removed from it. And it's like I a mean,
1: genre-changing album.
0: I mean, I gave... Eva, when we did uh, Overkill Global, I gave uh, Cryptopsy um, and Gorguts. I gave both bands a perfect score um, on None So Vile and... Obscura. Obscura. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, like, in that. you need that context sometimes. It's pretty hard to say this is perfect right off the bat. Um, but yeah, as far as like an album that I didn't like that I've come to like, okay. One, one thing that's, that comes to mind is, and it, I li- I liked the album, the, the new Archbire album, I gave it a four out of five. But the one thing that I wasn't huge on was the Calamus will animate track, the opening with like the machine gun part. Yeah. 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 And I- then somebody explained That's that it's actually a gunshot and that it's a tribute to tech nine, tech nine. like yeah. it's, a, it's a rip of yeah. a tech nine thing which i knew he i knew ollie you know and potentially other guys of the band are influenced by him but i didn't realize that it was directly like that which gives it a little bit more context which makes it seem less because like the machine gun thing is so like early 2000s metalcore deathcore like machine gun breakdown thing. Yeah, yeah of course yeah, yeah. um not that th- that was done in the same way but just like that kind of kind of triggered that in my brain but like hearing that context that it was like a direct like tip of the hat to tech nine made me uh appreciate it more but yeah there's never i don't think there's as far as i can think of off the top of my head there hasn't been like an album where it's like i didn't like it and then i started to really like it um ah okay so also to be fair and this is like probably not going to be considered cool at all but cause, <laughs> okay. but like uh when bring me the Horizon's sent paternal album came out i gave it a seven out of ten i think that album's fucking perfect oh yeah you know i think it's just like such a it was such like a perfect album for that point in their career as like a transition between like like the metalcore band that they were and like the rock band that they were becoming and now essentially like almost like a pop band uh and i just i think it's great Uh, i think the heavy parts are as heavy as they need to be the melodic parts are as perfect as they can be um and you know i think i was a little harsh on the band coming from a little bit too much of a a metalhead side um so that's one but you know that that's like a seven plus a little bit it's never really gone from like a one to yeah yeah i hate
1: this album to something that you listen every day
0: I ended up. I hate the Suicide Silence newest album is more than I ever did before. <laughs> but I was the other day listening to the Black Crown album by them, and I think that album was like monumental, you know, in, in terms of. Uh the melding of like deathcore with new metal and like look where we've gone you know deathcore bands are look at whitechapel
1: yeah that new whitechapel is a banger
0: dude it's fucking it's awesome great. yeah um and hopefully i i predicted two albums ago when i reviewed the, uh their album our endless warfare slam i predicted that they were going to be like the next like lamb of god like band, it's coming it's band coming crosses yeah. over without ever like You can't say Lamb of God fucking sold out. They never did. No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah, Sure. Sacrament has like a little bit more melody or whatever. But then after that, they put out Wrath, which was like the first like three songs. There's like.
1: Like, and the riffs are still there. Yeah, and it's not like they're they're making ballads or anything.
0: Yeah, and that's where that's what I think is what with with, with White I think they they could be that band, the band that crosses over to a larger thing without giving up the credibility. Funnily enough, they do do like kind of ballads on this one, but like it's just so but good, it's well man. done. Phil is just such a good vocalist. He's like, good. Yeah, he's a freak. Like he's always
1: been good. Yeah. His
0: his patterning, yeah. like his range, and now his singing, like yeah that that dude's great and that album's great and yeah like back to the suicide sound thing like the black crown i think was like very influential like so many deathcore bands now are very new metal like Mm -hmm. they they got like the breakdowns aren't like it's like like it's it's like halfway between gent and metalcore is new metal and that's (laughs) what panterry almost yeah yeah Yeah. and i think that that album is is huge and like i mean people can say what they want about that band because they're like deathcore or whatever but like they had Frank Mullen do guest vocals. They had Jonathan Davis do guest vocals on that album. They had like two of the most influential people in the two main genres that were coming and influencing their sound, do guest vocals. So it's like, man, like you, like people could say whatever they want. That band, like were living their fucking dream at that time. And I'm never going to, I'm not going to like, I like, I love that album. I love the cleansing. No time to bleed the between those. I liked it. Um, not on the same level as those other two. And the new one just didn't do it to me but like that that doesn't take away from what they've done which was the, the background i think was really a blueprint that a lot of bands took from even 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 bands being able to admit that they like new metal which for a long time you couldn't it was it like was a dirty season. little secret yeah, exactly yeah um i i grew up in it so yeah i mean so, so so one of my uh colleagues at Banger, he sometimes gives me shit for liking some metalcore bands, you know, like the Killswitch
1: Engage, Atreyu, like whatever. Um I probably wouldn't be screaming if it wasn't for Killswitch. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was a singer that, you know, and I discovered that, and I was like, "Wow, oh, you can do both." And uh, hell yeah. Oh, okay, I'll try that. And
0: <laughs> Yeah, man, it's it, it's a, it's a gateway and, and that's what new metal was for people that are 5 years older than me. Mm-hmm. You know? And I and I think there's it's nothing like five, wrong with
1: it. Everyone all hates 5 Finger Death Punch. You know, I don't like them, but if it gets kids to listen to screaming music and it ends up being that gateway, you know, and they're only a few albums away from Cannibal Corpse at that point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I reviewed Belzebub's, that cartoon black metal band. It's from like a comic strip.
1: Okay, no, I'm um, not
0: familiar at all. No. Yeah, so they, it's, a, it's a comic strip, like an online comic strip. A guy from Sky, I think his name is Johan or something. From, I think he's from Finland. Um, and he made this like, comic strip. Like, it's like a Calvin and Hobbes-y, like like kind of like super punny and funny uh, comic strip starring like a black metal band. And then eventually, because of course, if you can make money off something, you're going to make some money off something. So Century Media gets them to put out an album. The rumor is it's Insomnium the band really Um, based on the vocals and based on some other stuff people have been predicting that it's insomnium so i reviewed that for for banger uh and you know given the time frame it will be out by now uh by the time that this that this is people are listening to this as you hear this you can go watch that right after (laughs) Uh, Beelzebub. Belzebubs. Belzebubs. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't know why it was like that. Because yeah, you 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 think of Beelzebub, right? But yeah, that's probably be, on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Um.
1: Sounds like a drunken tour bus idea.
0: Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> see. I was gonna say like a copyright thing, but like the
1: name of a fucking demon can't be copyrighted. No, no, so no. I don't know. I think it's a drunken tour bus thing. Yeah, yeah. So if it is insomnia, I know they do naked bus parties too. Okay. 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 <laughs> uh, anyway, so.
0: I didn't love the album. I thought it was very like by the numbers, melodic black metal,
1: like it's stock.
0: Yeah, it's stock. And, but I ended my review. I did a tag team with Sarah. Um, and she more or less echoed the same thing. Um, there was also some problems that we had with the, the disconnect between the comic book and the music, like the comic book is so black metal, like at references to Satan all the time, which does get overbearing. Um, and then, like the music is just like, eh. and also like in the it doesn't in the same way that that Death Clock added to the Metalocalypse mythos with their songs. This doesn't. It just like seems tacked on. I miss Death Clock. Oh my god, dude! Like, give us a last season. Like Adult Swim didn't well, we have, have to do anything, man. Like people were. They other, didn't do like
1: a crowdfund, a Patreon.
0: Other people, other networks offered to pay it to pay for it, and I'm sure that that battle or that Adult Swim would still make money off that. They just wouldn't have to. It would just be like no worries just like give us it bro like just let them finish up the fucking story arc like come on
1: yeah because there's all these in yeah like, loose loose ends and exactly. holes in the plot and i hate that i hate that patience um, patience yes in time hopefully when the new tool comes out yes yes <laughs> um sorry. sorry you're talking about the
0: the music wasn't living up to the comic book right but then in the end i said you know what like this could appeal and that's coming from people who listen to metal a lot that this isn't like super great but it's well done for sure like it's like good like on a surface level like technically speaking they're not doing anything wrong it's just like very bland when you've heard it a million times before or whatever um so for somebody to hear that as their first album in the metal genre might love it and then that might make them you know, there's a character. There's a character in it called Hubot instead of Abbot. It would like H U B B A T H, and that maybe they go check out Abbot and then from listening to the Abbot albums, they, they're like, oh, he was in a band called oh, immortal. immortal, yeah, and then they go do their homework on like Norwegian Black Metal, and hopefully and they an Emperor, and then yeah, hopefully they skip all like the racist shit and just listen to you know just listen to the music the good yeah. the, the good the good stuff and yeah leave
1: our churches alone
0: yeah stop. dude it's weird lords of chaos came out and now there's been a bunch of church burnings in the past while it's like copycat crime is a, a real thing yeah, yeah, a real thing it's crazy um but yeah that's that's the thing it's like and and because it's a cartoon it could appeal to younger people and it's like as much as i can't sit and review it for a metal centric publication full of metal nerds and say this is great when I don't think it is and it doesn't offer anything new to uh, seasoned fans of metal I do hope that it does very well and succeeds especially with attracting younger people to metal
1: yeah anything to get more kids into the crowd there we're all getting old
0: yeah dude dude I got into metal through some 41 Wow, that was the yeah. first CD I bought, and they had some heavy parts. And then eventually, I just like it just led to me lo- le- looking for heavier and heavier guitar-based music. And then eventually, I got into metal. And like if you listen to Old Some Forty One, like there are some legit like heavy parts. Like I know
1: one of the guitars is actually a real
0: metal dude. Yeah, yeah. There's a what, what's the song the uh, the bitter end sounds very much like battery by metallica oh cool and it's awesome and there's like a song called thanks for nothing it's got like a chuggy breakdown and stuff like and people would be like oh they're a pop punk band that's slam. it's like it got me into metal dude and then now this is my job promoting metal through my various like outlets and hopefully i get other people into you know deeper into like the underground weirder heavier stuff and if that all came from Sum 41, then who cares if they're a pop-punk band? That's badass. Which know? I love.
1: Uh, Banger does the the months. The Metal what, Monthly? Yeah, what you might have missed or something. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, the, uh, so we I have like two, that, yeah. two
0: things. Yeah, we have Metal Monthly, which is, which is Blaine's show. He does it once a month, and he just picks five releases that he's stoked on. And then twice a year, we do like, what did we miss this year? Exactly. Yeah. Um, where we let our viewers vote on it. Um, and then we review the ones that have the top five most votes, and that's how we ended up uh, reviewing the Rivers of Nile album last year, which we didn't review right up uh, right when it came out. And I, I think that,
1: shout out to those boys, I love them. Yeah, love the that album, great yeah.
0: dudes, great album. I think it kind of came out of nowhere for everybody. They were always like a band I think that people like liked, but no, like not on the level that people like this album. I was know?
1: hanging out with Biggs, uh the other day in uh, in Reading, Pennsylvania. He came out to the show, and I was asking him like. How do you guys feel about the next? Are you guys like worried? Do you have that like follow-up album stress? And he seemed to say yes. <laughs> There's a big expectation.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I, I interviewed them, uh, and there was like a whole bunch of extenuating circumstances. The interview didn't come out right away. It took quite a while. But in the interview, they had said that their plan was to move away from the sax thing and to go more dissonant and Mm -hmm. stuff, which I was Mm -hmm. excited about because I love, you know, I love, I love the Gore guts and like the death spell Omega is like they were like talking about, yeah, blending in a little bit more like black metal influence and stuff. And I was excited about that. Um, And then when the interview went up, Brody told me that he's like, well, eh, we've talked some more. Maybe we won't go fully away from the sax. So I'm not sure. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but either way, like I do like that they're cognizant of the fact of not wanting to, to, to be the paste. sax band yeah. Yeah, yeah, Cause they could just do that And just fucking get big off that Because it's So many people just don't know That other bands have done that And that this is their mm-hmm. first exposure to it um, So it's cool that they're cognizant of that And they're not be, They're not gonna be cheap about it Uh, but yeah, that band and that album is great. And I think that that's a perfect case where it's like people like, like that band, but like until like it came out and their reaction was there, like we couldn't have known that that album was going to be as big as it was because before that point they were like a, like a one of four or two of five band perpetually for, for the two album cycles. Exactly. Um, and I think that that's great, you know, that it did that. And it's, it's great that we have that segment where people can be like, this album, you need to be paying more attention to this, you and everybody else. And the it, world, yeah. And if we can talk about that album then, and then it gets more people onto it, that's a great thing.
1: Where, where do you picture yourself in 10 years?
0: Fuck, man. Um, I'd like to be, I'd like to go on tour some more. Uh, I am this summer. I'm going to Europe with Frontier.
1: Oh yeah, I love that
0: band. Yes, so that actually started out through some banger things. I love that band. I, nobody knows about that band. They're unreal. They're like, they're very unappreciated. They're unsigned. Unappreciated. They're unsigned by their own choice. I guarantee you, every label has come like begging. You know. I but, love that record. That new one. So yeah. good, dude. So anyway, it started with banger. I just talked about them in a video, and then one of their friends sent to them and then we connected and we were talking and then out of nowhere uh, Pedro messaged me and asked if I'd want to come to Europe with them so I'm doing that in the fall um, that's awesome yeah I. and then you know what kinda, are you doing
1: you're just TMing or uh,
0: filming really so I'll awesome be, yeah and I've never been to Europe and so that's really exciting and a lot they said the majority of the places they've, they're going that we're going on the tour they they haven't played so it's cool to go to a place like that yeah. with other people when it's there or when they haven't been there because
1: like you're experiencing it together
0: yeah because otherwise they may be like I've seen that place who cares you know and then you're just out exploring on your it. own
1: yeah. uh, I tend to explore on my own just because I like to get away from everyone
0: yeah fair enough fair enough <laughs> So maybe I'll, maybe I'll get to that. I won't because I want to film. I'm going to yeah. be filming the whole time. So, But yeah, in general, sometimes I, I, I was always the, the, the van sleeper when I was on tour. Um, I didn't mind. The, my quote unquote payment was the bass player's Mophie charger so I could charge my phone. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I'd sl- stay out there so we didn't get robbed. And also exactly. it was just nice to get away from everybody.
1: That is a good tip for people that are touring in vans. You need to have a van sleeper. You don't want to get your shit jacked.
0: It's really not that bad. It's, it's you know the benches are comfortable enough. You're away from everybody. You you're on your sp- on your own. It's great. Um, but yeah, so I, I'd like to do some more touring for sure. I'd like to continue to write, do more do more videos, do more reviews. Hopefully, Banger continues to grow. Hopefully, exqu- where, where do
1: you see Banger going?
0: I mean, dude, it's we hit 200,000 subscribers like a couple of weeks ago and now we're already at like 208,000 so it's just it's constantly growing they're filming a new season of uh, our, our show Shredders of Metal
1: yes 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 that was cool that, yeah. so
0: and, and that show has been very you know when that first came out it was great for people finding out about Banger because if you're not a huge fucking nerd who wants to hear album reviews it might not the channel might not appeal to you on the same level but you come in on that show and then you're like oh these interviews are actually kind of entertaining they're not just some guy saying like my opinion's better than yours
1: in in horrible quality
0: yeah yeah it's exactly and that's the other thing we got great production values because it's a it's a it's a film it's a documentary company you know they they don't let it slip ever it's always good um so yeah I, i see banger just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Like I I can't, I can't see it slowing down really. Um, We have ideas and we're going to keep pursuing them. Um, I want to, you know, continue doing interviews, continue writing, just doing cool shit. Maybe, you know, like I said, going down into those, the archives of old magazines and pulling up cool shit and asking the bands about stuff that they haven't thought about in 20 years and spark respark ideas dude if like you know what i mean like if i could do that and then it makes this oh man i remember we have demos for that super group somewhere and they put the demos out or they revisit the idea and they do it again like that would be the coolest thing what yeah would, what would be an album that you're obsessed with right now an album that i am obsessed with right now i mean it's not out yet but the new full of hell
1: Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah,
0: yeah! I'm stoked to hear that. That band
1: is wonderful. Um, I, I always throw their name into the mix when we're talking about who we want to tour with. Hell yeah, every, hell yeah, every every single time, dude. And like they're they are. Have you met them? No, I haven't. No, Nicest
0: no. people. Want to have them like, on the
1: podcast? Come on out, full of hell.
0: Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, they're they're un- unbelievably like kind people, and like their their ethics, like the business ethics. Like I've talked to Dylan about it, and like they just like operate so. Like they're just like a great band um, musically and like how they operate. And I, I have the utmost respect for them um, so that that album is great. I mean, I'm still on the new Whitechapel album, which I think is the ultimate compliment because often you finish reviewing an album and you've been listening to it constantly. And the first thing you do is turn it off. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. W- with the full or with the Whitechapel album on my way to, and from the studio filming, I listened to the album, which I think that, is, mean, that means something. Exactly. Yeah. Like that, that's, that really says it, you yeah. know, cause usually I'm like, I just listened to nothing but this for the past month or not month, but you know like weeks Um, I was
1: a huge Strappy Young Lad fan I fell into becoming a Devin Townsend fan I really wanted to like this new record and I don't know if it's because I'm on tour and I'm getting bombarded with heavy music all the time I can't get into this That new album I don't know about How you feel about it I like that one song With Chad Kroger on it Even though you can't Really hear Chad Kroger on it I forgot he was even on it It's
0: because it's he's like He's like harmonizing With Devin Okay it's I forgot. Not,
1: I forgot it. I know Elliot's on it It's the
0: most Strapping Young Lads song On the album Okay uh, is the one with Chad Kroger on it and I wish I'm pretty sure that he's like harmonizing with him and I wish that he just got him to do like some growls or something because that would have been so cool. <laughs> Dude, okay so Nickelback was in Toronto for the SoCan Awards yes, and I saw like people had posted like selfies with Chad and shit so I tweeted at them and I said yo come to the Exclaim office I want to interview you about all your heaviest riffs and like just tweeted it out and hoped that it would happen and it didn't but uh, uh, it would have been fucking funny if it did. Yeah, yeah. I, I, some- I, don't,
1: I don't hate Nickelback. They get a lot of hate. The same. It's the same thing. If it gets kids into listening to heavier music, that's fine.
0: Dude, the song "Sex." There's like a legit like mosh part, and he goes,
1: "Oh, like (laughs) I I shit you not." We've seen him do Metallica live. Yeah, they're they're not bad, and their drummer's really good.
0: Yeah, like. You know what? Like, I think every, me and my roommate had like, we we had an evening once where we went through every Nickelback song and just kind of skimmed through it to find the heaviest riffs in the Nickelback song. And I have have a fucking list in my computer of the heaviest Nickelback riffs. This is what
1: happens when you don't drink, kids. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You you get bored, eat cereal with your roommate and listen to Nickelback. That's awesome. Uh, Really, thank you for coming to sit down with me. Dude, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, You're an incredibly hardworking individual and i'm in awe of all your preparation Thank it makes you. me feel like i'm completely unprepared for all my interviews i mean dude it was like
0: <laughs> the interview was like it was good it was conversational and you'd never like you never let there be like a dull moment so i think you did your job even if you didn't necessarily do the research you, you it was a good interview you know what i mean like there was a back and forth and stuff so i hey there, there are many ways to to achieve the right End result, you know, and and you got there despite the fact that you don't do it how I did it, but it's also a different medium, you know what I mean? Like people are coming to this in in like, I'd say at least a part of the reason they're listening to this because they, is they like you. As a host, um, whereas when you're writing, that's not the case. They you can't are, feel the personality, exactly or see the personality, exactly. So it's like wh- I need to pull interesting stuff out because the story needs to be the story, mm-hmm. and that needs to be what pulls people in. Whereas like this, when or me on banger, people come watch it. They're like, I don't care about this band, but I like when Brad reviews stuff, and I think that's that's the difference here. Whereas like the, your personality comes through, your idea of of the vox and the hops comes through, despite the fact that you know we don't have any real hops. We had ginger beer, but hey. So yeah, you know what? Whatever, man. You d- you did
1: a good job. The thank interview you. was good. Thank you. So, I appreciate it, Bradley. Cool. All Thanks for having thank me. You. Hey, thank you all for listening right to the end. You Vox and hopsheads are the best. I hope uh, that you enjoyed that conversation. I had a great time. That was recorded right at the end of uh, Hell Over North America. And as you could hear, uh, my voice was pretty tired and destroyed as I was editing. I was giggling at how horrible I sounded. It turned out I had a, a nasty cold when I finished that tour, and uh, I didn't realize it until it was over, which, which was a good thing. Uh, I hope that uh, you had fun. I hope you enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed uh, listening back to it. Uh, Bradley's a very, very smart and well-researched individual. It, it, was a, it was very fun to interview someone who normally interviews other people, and it was a challenging interview that I enjoyed and i've learned a whole bunch from it to to come uh try to come a bit more prepared for interviews so that i can uh, challenge myself to be half as good as bradley is so a uh, big cheers to you bradley Thank you for taking the time uh, to sit down with me and to uh, give me some insights on how to become a better interviewer. I just want to give a big thanks to all of you who are listening, all of you who are sharing the podcast. Uh, There's lots of exciting things that are happening in the world of Vox and Hops. Uh, Big things that are coming. Uh, I can't really talk too much about them right now because they're not uh, finalized or... Totally finished as of yet, but uh, extremely exciting things coming up for Ox and Hops, and I can't wait to share all that with all of you. If you want to become a sponsor for the podcast, if you would like to be, uh, you know, I'm thinking of people involved in the music industry, if you're a manager, if you're a publicist, if you want a record label, if, uh, and then on the other side of things, if you uh, have a, are a gear company and you would like me to push some of your gear, want to sponsor the podcast, on the beer side of things, if you are a brewer, If you're a distributor of beers and you'd like me to share some of your products with my guests, hit me up at matt at voxandhops.com. That's M-A-T-T at V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S dot com. And I would be more than glad to talk about that and discuss further with you there. I hope that you have a great weekend. I hope that you hang out with your friends. I hope that you hang out with your loved ones. And I hope you hang out with your families. I'm going to be relishing this last weekend before I'm off on the Laws of the Flesh 2019 in Asia. Just enjoying time with the family, with the kids, getting myself uh, ready to uh, be missing them pretty hard. So uh, I hope you have a great weekend. Take the time to enjoy life, metal, and craft beers. Cheers, Vox and Hopsets.